Welcome to the Church on the Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us. Uh, Pastor Corey, good to be back in the studios with you uh, today. Happy Wednesday. Happy Inauguration Day. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's Wednesday, it's day. January 20th. Wednesday. Yeah, January 20th. Uh, Three days into yeah, a new year. It, it, Amazing. <laughs> It, it's good to be with you, Tim. Uh, we do have some fun community news and updates before we get into a little bit of church news and then our, our sermon scripture for the week. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to our podcast. We hope you subscribe. Uh, if you're a regular listener, good to have you back. Uh, feel free to share this and uh, share with a friend either on social media or um, share the link, however you want to do that. Uh, and also give us a good review if you, if you like it. Um, but a uh, little bit of community news. Hey folks in Palouse, get your, uh, I don't know the right way of saying this, your dog take. No, it's not dog takes your dog, your dog, uh, license, dog license and your, your compost permits are available at city hall. It's the beginning of the year and it's a good thing to take care of. So if you want a compost permit, for 2021 and you want your dog licensed uh go get that taken care of at city hall yeah, um, me. i need to get my compost permit because the weather's decent enough i could take some stuff down there so there you go just 15 dollars covers the whole year and you can uh, compost your leaves and soft vegetation down there and yeah it's a good thing i already got cool. my license so i'm good to go there but i need that compost permit <laughs> All right. And uh, next piece of community news uh, is there are uh, going to be some sports seasons for our, our local uh, schools. And uh, I get to coach one of them. Uh, cross country, which is usually a fall sport, is going to start February 1st and go through March 20th. And it looks like we'll even be allowed to have some competitions. Of course, there's some changes. For one, we'll be running in February and March uh, and other things, but we're, we're excited about that. And it looks like the, uh, the Athletic Association of Washington is, is also gonna try to have um, uh, spring sports and winter sports, but reverse the order. So it'll go fall sports first, and then the traditional spring sports. And then after those, the very last season of the year uh, will be the traditional winter sports. And so that that's I'm glad that we're moving that way as long as we can safely do that for the kids and communities. It'll be an encouraging thing for kids to be a part of and and communities to have. And depending on location and phases and, and what type of sport it is, uh, you may or may not be able to have spectators at some events like cross country. We might um, if if we're competing in a place that's phase two. So there's all kinds of rules, but the good news is uh, cross country and volleyball and football um, are starting February 1st. So if you know any locals want to do that, encourage them to do it. Um, hey, you know, we are cross country program, not to turn this into a commercial, but we're middle school and high school. And I don't know if middle schoolers are going to get all the sports options, but we wanted to make sure our cross country program was open to middle school as well. So uh, middle schoolers or parents of middle schoolers, uh, we hope you turn out too for cross country and we're going to make it fun. Even if it snows or gets cold, we're going to do some fun activities, but, uh, and I'm sure the other sports will be fun too, to be fair to them. Uh, my daughter church loves when you make her run in the snow. Oh yeah. She likes that. Well, 
she's got she's got some exciting things coming her way. She just doesn't know it yet. It's gonna be fun. Um, our church is having its annual meeting on Sunday, January twenty fourth. Depending on when you're watching this, it, if you're watching this as a fresh podcast, it hasn't occurred yet. Uh, Sunday, January twenty fourth, five p.m. on Zoom. Uh, we send the Zoom links privately or in our weekly church email, so they aren't posted on Facebook or anything. So if you want to see that, check your church email um, or call the church and we'll get you the link. Um, in our mid-monthly mailing, there was the instructions for how to dial in. Um, but the annual meeting is a, a good, encouraging time to recognize and praise God for what he did in our church family in the previous year and uh, to hear reports from different ministries and to look forward a bit for for what we're praying and hoping God will do in and through us in the coming year. So that's coming up. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Those restrictive offerings of the, uh, of the links and the information is not because we don't want people to come. Uh, I just wanted to say that so that we don't have the wrong sorts of people show up. <laughs> and by that, you mean people that aren't involved with our church that right. are, that, that honestly there's, uh, websites or, or you could say uh, robots really that go and collect zoom links that are publicly on the internet. And then they, they attack zoom meetings and vandalize them electronically, so to speak. Zoom bombers, you may have heard of them, but, but uh, the way to prevent that is you just, you just contact everybody directly through messages and, and so forth. So we want everybody who wants to attend to be there. That's connected to our church. You don't have to be an official member uh, you could have just been listening to the podcast for the first time and you want to find out more about us as a church or just just started watching, watching and participating in an online worship or Bible study uh, and you want to learn more about us. Or you could be a longtime member or friend of the church. You're welcome to join and, and we'd love to have you there. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Just wanted to make that uh, make that clear to folks. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, not like we're trying to limit, oh, we want this person, but not that person. Right, or right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no. we talked a little bit about some community news. Uh, yeah, make sure you get those dog tags and compost permits. Exciting uh, sports season starting up soon for our Garfield Palouse schools. And uh, in particular for you, the, uh, you're interested in cross country. And uh, so uh, that's been a good program for us here in Palouse the last couple of years. So I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. And we've talked about our annual meeting for the church, which is coming up on uh, January 24th. And that means that uh, our next topic is our upcoming sermon scripture, uh, which we're continuing. I, I assume, Corey, we're continuing our, our study <laughs> through John, uh, the Gospel of John. And we're in chapter four. And last week we read kind of the first part of chapter four, verses one through 30. And uh, that we encountered uh, Jesus uh, as he encountered a Samaritan woman at a well. And uh, so if, if you missed that podcast, you can check that in the archives, go back and you can find it. Uh, the sermon is online. Um, you can get that at pollucechurch.org or watch it on YouTube. That'd be great. Um, but today we're going to continue that story. We kind of divided it up into two parts. And so we're continuing this, this story with what happens next uh with the woman the samaritan woman at the well uh that jesus encountered so 
with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to you and uh, yeah. Away. Thanks, Tim. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read it because it's not as lengthy as last week. And to explain it would take about as long to read it as it would to read it. So starting with uh, verse 31 uh, is where we're going to pick up in John chapter four. And it says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for the harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that, that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said, we believe. For we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. All right. So ends our reading for today. Uh, this is a dramatic story of Jesus in Samaria. Uh, it's a continuation of, of the story of the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well because she becomes this, this witness who goes back to her community and boldly, authentically, humbly shares uh, with them that Jesus knew her whole life and she believes he's the Christ and asks the question of them, is this not the Christ or could this not be the Christ and gets them riled up enough to go check it out for themselves. Uh, in the meantime, we also see Jesus is teaching something to his disciples. As the village is headed towards the well, Jesus is telling his disciples about harvesting, reaping and sowing, and that he, they're about to see a harvest of changed souls, right? And, but Jesus is the one that really planted the seeds for that, and, and, and God's spirit probably has been working in that village in different ways and, and, and um, preparing people for this very moment for some time. Um, and so, but the disciples who haven't really done any of the labor are going to get to enjoy the, the bringing in of, of the harvest. And so we see Jesus use this harvesting metaphor. And, and before that, he, he uses food as a metaphor, uh, talking about food because they want him to eat because that's what they were just doing. They were just getting him food. And then he uh, says, I have food you don't know about. And they're like, well, where's he hiding the food? Hiding right? the food. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we go get you food if you have food? But he's talking about something bigger than that. Just like when he talked to the woman at the well, he was talking about living water that could really quench the thirst of her soul. And she was still talking about physical water. Jesus is always trying to enlarge what we're thinking about and how we see our lives and what God is up to. He's up to something bigger than we always are, right? And he stretches us and pushes us uh, and invites us into his life. So anyway, Jesus is both reaching and, and changing this village, and he, he's always working on his disciples, and 
he's honoring this woman who, who her identity has really shifted from scandalous woman of the village to the first witness of the Messiah amongst the villagers. And we see them honoring her and in a sense, in their own way, thanking her that they have come to their own faith, uh, that they originally believed because of what she, she said, but now they've heard for themselves and believe. And that is their way of thanking her. And then the last words we hear is they say, indeed, this is the savior of the world. And that is just meaning their whole worldview has changed that, that this Jewish man in front of us, who I believe they likely came to know is from the father is, is from above is, is, is God, um, you know, is, is not just a Jewish man is not just a rabbi. He is the savior of the world, meaning our savior, but the savior that's available to anyone. Jew or Gentile, Jew or Samaritan, Jew or Greek, male or female, poor or rich, scandalous background or religious background. Um, this is the savior of the world. And so it ends on a really high note, uh, beautiful note. Um, what a dramatic story, right, Tim? Um, I know you love this story. And um, you know what, what jumps out to you about this story when you think about it and read it? Uh, well, one, one, the, that the woman goes to town and many, the town, it says the town believed because of her testimony. And uh, so I, I think that's really important that um, it reminds us that part of our response to Jesus in our lives is to tell other people, uh, to share the good news. And so this idea of testimony, which seems uh, maybe sometimes scary or maybe like an antiquated practice of days of old is really essential to our faith. It's our, it's part of who we are. Can you, can you break that down? Cause it's really Christian-y, Christianese. So when you say testimony, break that down for people, oh, sure. um, yeah. you know, cause it's, it's a word that gets used in Christian language, but then also legal language in, in our culture. So what does that even mean? Testimony. So it's really uh yeah, it's so, so, you know, if you went before a court of law and gave testimony, what do you do? You bear witness to what you know or what you've seen. You tell what you've experienced. Um, and the same is, tr you know, we, uh, you know, and so that's the job of the witnesses to tell what they know from their perspective. And it's the same, uh, it's really the same for us too. And, and we've seen this language throughout John's gospel this isn't the first time we've encountered it. Uh, if you go back a couple of chapters, the, the, the word witness, I think, comes up uh, several times. And so it's the same idea is that uh, as a witness or somebody who gives testimony, we tell uh, others about what God has done in our lives or how God has impacted our lives. Uh, and it's in telling our story that other people then have the opportunity to respond and um Maybe they respond in faith like these. I mean, the town says right here, the lady testified and they responded in faith. They believed or they might have questions and go to Jesus, too, or go to the scriptures and seek to learn more for themselves uh, who Jesus is before they uh, make a commitment of faith. But our testimony, our bearing witness, our telling others about Jesus is a big part about how it's a big part of our lives of Christian and of helping to grow God's kingdom and to share the good news, we have to do our part to tell the story. 
Um, so hopefully that breaks it down. Enough yeah, it does. That does. And, and do you have to be like super, um, super religious to have a powerful testimony that really helps others or? I don't, uh, I don't think so. And I, and I don't think you have to be the most eloquent speaker either. A lot of people, you know, there's a couple of things that keep us from testifying. One, you know, I don't have, you know, it's, we're like Moses, you know, we say, oh, I don't speak well enough. I can't be the one who brings the news to the people, <laughs> you know, or we think that our, our story isn't good enough because, uh, uh, you know, we haven't, we think of, oh, well, a powerful testimony is uh, of somebody whose life has turned around dramatically. And you might even um, uh, point to this uh, story as an example of that, perhaps as it's a bit more dramatic, you know, it's the 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 person who's uh, fallen into to drugs and and uh, criminal activity or whatever who comes to Christ and their life is changed and so you have kind of this this huge uh, very visible uh, change that they give testimony and so we we diminish our own testimony if it's not as uh, dramatic as somebody else's uh, but that's not uh, but every work of God in our lives is worthy of, of sharing with other people. And I think uh, one of the things we, um, we aren't very good at in America, in American Christianity or Western Christianity is recognizing God at work in our lives and giving him the credit. Um, one of the things I really love that we do here each year is our Lent soup suppers. And kind of traditionally, a part of that has been sharing testimony when you hear somebody's story about how God has worked in their life. And it's so encouraging and helpful. Uh, it builds others up and it also uh, helps people who don't know, or maybe who haven't encountered Jesus on their own, it gives them a glimpse of, of who Jesus is. Um, and so I've always really appreciated that about our uh, Lent soup suppers that we've done uh, here at, at the church in Palouse. And I know other people have done that too. And I've uh, I've shared part of my testimony a couple of different times uh, since I've been here and uh, many other people have too. And some are dramatic stories and some are, some are not as dramatic, but both are powerful to hear uh, the stories of God at work in his people. And so uh, I really, I value this scripture because this, this woman with no qualifications and no experience, and she's only just met this guy, Jesus. Uh, recognizes him as a savior, goes uh, and tells other people about it, and they come to faith. And so I find that encouraging for us uh, as Christians. It's a great example. And I, I think um, something for us to work toward is being a better storyteller of, of God's work in our lives. Mm -hmm. That's a long answer. Um, yeah, that's okay. Uh, verse 41 kind of adds to this whole story. I mean, her testimony, I think, got some people intrigued, and it's, it definitely says that uh, some believed in him because of the women's testimony. And then verse 41 says, and many more believe because of his words. So maybe some people, just practically speaking, they didn't actually hear, but they, they heard secondhand that something was going on, and that that lady, you know that lady, her life was changed, but they didn't actually hear what she said, but then they go to hear Jesus himself. So Sometimes our, our witness and our just faithfully responding to what Jesus has done in us um, 
we won't know the people who will come to give Jesus a, a, a listen to, a hearing, uh, but they, they might in some way be doing it because of something they heard about us or they, they saw our, the change in us from a distance, um, you know, uh, or maybe they didn't, maybe they have no connection to us, but, you know, we, in our testimony impacted somebody who impacted somebody. And then that person came and they, they read the gospels and they encountered Jesus and they, their life was changed. And, and so it's interesting in verse 41, that there are others in that very village who, who believe, but it was from directly hearing from him. And of course, Everybody who listened to Jesus or everybody who reads the Gospels directly will be blessed. Uh, but I think what the story is telling us is some people had the starting point of, you know, directly from the woman, from a new follower of Jesus. And some kind of had this more indirect starting point. And it's kind of cool that John uh, points that out to us. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and hearing, giving Jesus a hearing uh, is important. Um, we don't just listen to the testimony of other believers, but good, good testimony, good witness of a Christian saying, this is what God has done in my life and how it changed me dramatic or undramatic, but truthful, right? Truthful testimony. Uh, that will always point to Jesus, amplify Jesus. And if you hear a testimony or a testimony and the person's really just amplifying themselves and breaking down themselves. I have to break it to you. That's not a testimony. Uh, that's just a person talking in church for their own glory. Right. Um, you know, if they're, if they're name dropping or are talking about what they did or experienced and, and God's kind of second fiddle in their story, then that's not testimony. And that's, that's not what the woman did. Right. I right. think the woman's testimony was all about, getting people to jesus because she knew jesus is the one who changed her life right um yeah so that good good testimony like you said always gives god credit yeah and therefore always you know gets people to a place where they the listener is considering god and you know am i listening to this god do i believe that jesus is the savior um i think the excitement in this town would have been palpable i mean there uh you know you would have like what is going on? The Messiah is here. I, I, I think we kind of underplay some some stories like this in the Gospels that something so dramatic happened that 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 just rocked this village. Like this village, we don't know much about what happens after it. We know a little bit about what happens in Samaria down the road a bit, but I don't think this village was, would ever be the same um, in that generation, at least. I don't. I don't see any way that it could be. It the Messiah visited people. People's views of the world were changed. Uh, they believed God had come to the world uh, and had visited their village. Um, and yeah. we still we still believe that, right? That God came into our village, planet Earth, and became one of us, um, and now offers us, you know, forgiveness and reconciled relationship with Him. And offers us when we believe in him, his very spirit. So it, the presence of God can still come into your home, into your soul, into your family. Um, and you should never be the change, the same after that change. Uh, Amen. Yeah, I love that. What, what do you think about that village? Have you, have you allowed yourself to imagine what this whole two days and following was like? You know. Well, I... I think you're, I think you're, you're right on. And, you know, we, 
I think our tendency is to think that they didn't know they didn't know exactly what was happening, but they hadn't, they had an idea of what Messiah meant. They, they knew uh, what that was. And we kind of gloss over that a little bit in our, in our regular reading of the story, I think, but they knew and they recognized it when they saw, they recognized Jesus as Messiah when they saw him and, and heard him. And if you had been waiting uh, as as the people had been for so long for this promised Messiah. And then he showed up in your village. I, I think you're right that this, this would have been an unforgettable time for, for those people. And for, for generations, it would have been a, a story that was passed on, I think from, uh, from father to son and, and from mother to daughter, whatever, however you want to say that from generation to generation uh, of when, when, God, when the Messiah came to their town and uh, literally changed everything, and 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 we see so much, uh, you know, it's just a few verses, but it starts with the woman believes, then many in the town believed, and then, um, sorry, I'm just looking for the reference here, uh, and then many more believed uh, because of the word, and it's uh, the truth. Uh, the truth of who God is and the truth of, of why he came uh, to earth is powerful. And it's so powerful that it changed a life and then changed many lives and then changed many more. And it's still changing lives even today. Um, and so yeah. it really is. Uh, don't, don't miss it. Like you're saying, don't gloss over it, pay attention to it. Cause this is a, uh, it's a big story and there's a lot going on here <laughs> and it's all important. And, yeah, it's all and, 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 I, and I think it, you know, it's, it's another day and another culture, but it's the same Jesus, right? Hebrews teaches us he's the same yesterday, today, forever. And again, he's coming into a culture that has its own rules and, and guidelines and Jesus as a human being, though he's God, he, he's in this Jewish culture with their own cleanliness laws and their own rules. And, and, and he comes in and kind of says that those earthly rules don't bind me. You know, he, he stays in what, a, what a, a typical Jew of that day would consider an unclean place and probably eats, you know, food that other Jewish people or Jewish teachers would say are unclean. But he stays there two, two days and, uh, you know, we don't have detailed reports of that, but obviously he's meeting people, talking with people, probably praying for people. Um, and uh, and him doing that and proclaiming the truth of who he is, but also showing them that, uh, you know, I'm from God, I'm the chosen one, I'm the savior of the world, but I, I don't see you as, as so unclean that God doesn't, you know, want to visit your village or come into your life. Um, you know, we're sinners, we're broken, we need God's restoration and healing and forgiveness. But um, there's, there's, there's no village that God says, or no person that God says, you're, you're unclean, I can't even, I, I won't go near you. Um, that's not who God is. You know, when God touches the leper, so to speak, in another story, the leper becomes clean. When God goes to a village that the world says is unclean, or when God goes to a woman that the world says is scandalous, the village becomes clean 
and the woman's scandal is lost, right? And she becomes a witness. And so this, this town becomes an unclean town to a town of revival, you know, because God is there and God is being believed. And so I, I just see, I see God transforming uh, us, you know, us who limit ourselves by our labels and our prejudice, things we even think about ourselves, you know, the ways we put ourselves down, but, but also the ways we, we divide with others. And God just comes in and says, none of that, you know, I want to invite all of you to my kingdom and transform, transform you into something more. Um, I want to free you up by telling you the truth. The truth will set you free, Jesus said. And I want to tell you the truth that you're all my beloved children and you're forgiven and reconciled in me. Uh, now, now come and live in my way. And um, so I, I, I just think they would have been amazed by his teaching and who he said he was, but also just his presence and what that meant, the implications of that. And, and, and I still think he's the same Jesus. So, you know, Christians out there who, if you, if you're thinking certain people in a certain party or certain people in your family are beyond hope. Um, if you are, you're a person who divides people into friends and enemies, you know, be careful. That's not what, that's not what Jesus is doing here in this story. Um, that's not who he is. Um, yeah. So many beautiful layers in this story, if you have eyes to see them. Um, and so I think we have to open our hearts to, uh, to all those different options of what's, the story is deeper and richer than maybe we, we see at first glance, uh, but we've got to take the time and open our hearts to really see that and, and uh, try to encounter Jesus ourselves in this scripture. And uh, if you do that, you will not walk away from that encounter unchanged. Um, it's, just, it's just not possible. And we, we see that here in, in the story, the people who encounter Jesus walk away changed and it's for the good, <laughs> it's for the better. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, love this story. And I've enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed last week's sermon, exploring it in our Bible studies. And um, I'm glad that we're continuing it uh, for a second week. And I hope people tune in and, and pay attention and, and open their hearts to hear the word as you preach and, and teach from this on Sunday. So um yeah, people, you can join us uh, if you're out there listening or watching and you want to uh, connect to the sermon. You can connect to last week's sermon online at PalouseChurch.org. Under resources, there's sermons listed there. You can uh, catch it on YouTube. Um, and you can join us this week uh, online uh, as well uh, at 9 and 11 a.m. Or you can catch it after the fact. That's fine, too. But uh, you can connect to the, to the message and to our worship service. And we'd love to have you join us as we continue this journey in our uh, that you may believe series so cool but do you have anything else uh pastor cory you're good to go i'm uh, good to go excellent well thanks for listening folks listening and watching appreciate it yeah this has been fun uh as it usually is so <laughs> thank you pastor cory for your time and i uh, thank you all for listening and watching this has been tim and cory coming to you from our zoom studios here in the rolling hills of palouse washington and we hope you have a blessed week we'll see you next time